Hey y'all, what's up? This is episode seven. And you're now kicking it with Key. Hey ladies, thank you so much for coming to Kick It With Key today. I have a topic that is so near and dear to my heart. I will share it after you all introduce yourself. Hello everyone, I'm Ryan. Um, I have two kids. My son is nine and my daughter is seven. I am a working mom and yeah, I'm here to kick it with Kiki. Hi, my name is Andrea. I am a paraeducator with uh, Montgomery County Public Schools. I've been a paraeducator for going on, I believe 12 years. And um, I work with children that have social and emotional disabilities. Um, that's a that can range from depression to schizophrenia. Like there's a whole umbrella of different disabilities within that. Um, I also uh, coach Step and have my own program. And I also work with uh, Eagles International Children, Youth, and Teens, where we support um, children ranging from four up until 18. Hey y'all, I'm Autumn. I'm Kiki's pretend cousin. Um, I have two children, 13 almost, should be 13 in two weeks and 10. Um, also an education researcher and founder of A Black Child Can, which is a nonprofit that supports my research and some programming stuff here in Texas. Thank you all so much for introducing yourselves. I'm so happy that you are here today. I really wanted to discuss ADD slash ADHD and the diagnosis and stigmas that come along with it. Um, the reason why this topic is so near and dear to me, as I've stated in um, other episodes, is that my soon-to-be 10-year-old has been clinically diagnosed with ADD. And as of lately, I um, resumed behavioral therapy for him. And now I'm wondering, does he really have ADD or is he just lazy? That's, I'm, I'm confused now, you know? Um, for a little bit of a background, my child has tested into a magnet program. So he's in a center for enriched studies school, which means it's only a select population who's offered this exam to test into this program and um, it's only for fourth and fifth graders in elementary school. So in third grade, he took a test, he passed the test, he now goes to a different school. So um, I brought each of you on here because you each have different perspectives um, and deal with this situation or have researched this situation. I mean, not situation, I'm sorry. <clears throat> have researched this topic. It's not a situation. Um, and, you know, I'm just trying to have an open dialogue conversation with you all. So anyone feel like they want to kick off their perspective or do you want I me like to- I just want to start by challenging you to not think that maybe he's lazy. Like maybe that's not, because it, it could be that he's not challenged or my favorite example from this month, because I just put out this 28 days of black history curriculum. Um, and Huey Newton was one of the folks that I highlighted. Huey Newton graduated from high school and couldn't read and thought he was stupid. And then somehow made it to college, taught himself how to read and realized that he just never saw himself in any of the material ever, right? So he just never was interested because he couldn't relate. 
um, I testified at a school board meeting the other day where they were trying to ban a book. And I was like, I know that you guys understand it's important for children to see themselves because one of your standards is text to self connection. And how do you want these children to be able to make text to self connections when they don't ever see themselves and the stuff that you give them like denies who they know themselves be, right? Like it denies their history, it denies their experience. So I would challenge you to maybe not project lazy onto him. Maybe he's lazy, I don't know. But maybe it's something else too. Maybe it's that he just can't relate to what he's being taught or he's not interested in things that like, like if your first beginning, your first understanding of math is not grounded in the fact of how it relates to your daily life, right? For me, I was bad in geometry. And so somebody was like, aren't you a Laker fan? Phil Jackson runs a triangle offense. Boom, let's do it like this. And I was like, oh yeah, right? So if people can't figure out how to help you see yourself and your interest in the material, then the way you're gonna learn is affected. I think that's a good point, Autumn. Um, I think sometimes, especially, so like I said, I have two kids and before they went into public school, they went to Montessori school. And when they were in Montessori school, the conversation of ADD and ADHD never came up, not once. Because in Montessori, the setting is so different. Like you're laying on the ground, you're working on a mat, you're picking, mm -hmm what you're working on in the teacher the class sizes are super small the teacher is working with you one-on-one -on -one. it's just different and in Montessori school we never had a problem with any of the issues that teachers brought to my attention in public school where they're expected to sit at a desk where they're expected to learn this style and you need to do your math answer this way so although I I myself have ADD. Both my kids have been diagnosed one way or the other, ADHD or ADD. Um, I think that sometimes it's also a learning style or a learning preference mm -hmm. that all the difference in how your child's learning or how they're acting in school. I was fortunate enough last year with my son to have an amazing teacher who at first was like, he lays over in his chair or he does, he doesn't sit in his chair essentially, but then she realized he was paying attention. That was his way of focusing. Whereas other teachers in the past have been like, he's not sitting in his chair. He has bad behavior. This is a problem, but everybody learns different. Even us as adults learn different. So I think that that's also something to take in consideration is maybe just maybe how public school is outlined isn't for how your child learns best mm -hmm. um and i'll just add to that um just from the classroom standpoint um i agree with ryan um a lot of times teachers are taught or they were raised in a way whereas as you sit in your seat you face forward you pay attention you do what I tell you, tell you to do, and the teachers are not meeting them when they are where they're at. They're not building relationships to know what it is to take to teach that child. So the one child that may be visual, there may be another child that's something totally different. So I know at our program we have um, bounty chairs, um, we have open areas in the back part of the room if they need to stand up if. Um, if they need fidget spinners, if they need putty, we offer all of those things as long as they're not being disruptive. If you're being disruptive, then we'll have to take it from you and you'll have to sit in a regular chair or you'll just have to figure it out while you're sitting there. 
But once the kids realize, okay, well, they offer something to help me get over whatever the anxiety and the certain things that I'm going through, then they do the right things with whatever they have. So as long as they're not disrupting anybody, we allow it. If they need a break, take your break and come back. Um, and nine times out of 10, they are listening. They're paying attention. It's just people are so used to you to things a certain way in this box that they're recognizing they're not meeting our kids where they're at. They're trying to get the kids to come where they are and they don't learn that way. So what as, as an educator to a question to other teachers are, what are you doing to change that? What are you doing to meet them where they are? versus sending an email home every day, they're laying down, they're doing whatever. Okay, they have their head down, but are they listening? Is it bothering anybody for them to have their head down? So yeah. those are things that, that people really need to, to look at when they are teaching and yeah. I most definitely agree with that because um, uh, Roland doesn't really make that eye contact. So you know how you you kind of feel like people have to be looking at you directly to feel as though you are listening and comprehending, but Roland can just be playing a game, laying on the floor, very relaxed, and I can give him several instructions, and I'm like, what did I say? And he's able to be like, you just told me to do this, 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 and this, okay, I'm going to do it. But I'm like, oh. I'm here I am like no you need to look at me so I can know that you're paying attention it's like but he can still hear me and that's what happens at school as well um I will say um kindergarten and second grade I mean I'm sorry kindergarten and first grade was very rough and I myself ended up needing to needing to go to therapy because I was feeling overwhelmed like I felt like I'm like this horrible mom because I don't know what's I don't know like I keep getting phone calls every day and no one's giving me any type of solutions. They just keep telling me a problem. And I'm like, okay, well, this is your profession. So how come you cannot come to me and say, this is what I recommend, you know? And one teacher had been teaching for a long time, the, the kindergarten teacher. The first grade teacher was, um, you know, she was young, so she was kind of new. So, but I still felt as though her being younger and newer, she could be more innovative, like have different ideas. So it, it's really hard on the parent when all you're getting is problems. And then it's like, okay, so when I, I've never been a teacher, so I don't know what you want me to do. Like we could brainstorm together, but you just kept coming. I'm just getting problem after problem. We have been referred to um, the uh, crisis center because unbeknownst to us, Roland was not using the bathroom. Like normal, regularly. So at time, like once, once she gets backed up with so much, it's just gonna come out, like it doesn't matter, right? So this teacher tells us we have to take him to the, to the um, crisis center before he can come back to school because he just, you know, it's like when he didn't get his way, he used the bathroom on himself. Now, I would just feel as though, why wouldn't that happen at home? If that's the truth, you know what I'm saying? If that's the case, if if he's if he doesn't get his way, why wouldn't he do that at home? Why would he only do that at school? I feel like that's embarrassing to do that at school because then people could see you, you know what I'm saying? And 
it wasn't even that wasn't even what was going on so here you are out here just making your own stories up like this is her child is doing this because of that and it was like that wasn't even the case you're trying to help help me to understand why you sending my child referrals to the crisis center it sounds like go ahead i'm familiar with the crisis center and um I've never known for a child to be sent there for something like that. Now, kids have been sent to the crisis center for saying they want to die, they want to kill themselves, those, those type of things. Never, um, it's one thing if, if he went to the teacher and was like, well, I go to the bathroom on myself because I want to die or something like that, something crazy. I mean, not crazy, but you get what I'm saying? Like something out of the ordinary where they say they want to harm them or someone themselves or someone else. So... And also teachers aren't supposed to diagnose anything. They can say what they've noticed. Well, I've kind of noticed that your child is doing X, Y, Z. You might want to take them to the to the doctor. Like that's like that just doesn't make sense. It could have been anything. He may have had an issue with using the bathroom in public, um, not wanting to use a public bathroom, trying to hold it until he gets home, or like there's all kinds of things that could be going on. But to send a child to the crisis center for that, that's unnecessary and it's extra well so what i was saying was i it sounds like almost a trauma response Mm. which would be why maybe the teacher had the same thought and would send them to the um crisis center but when kiki was talking and kiki was like he don't do it nowhere else then it sounds like the trauma is whatever is happening in the classroom right like whatever is going on that y'all are not making this baby feel comfortable or safe and I don't, I don't know. Again, I don't know the teacher and I don't know Roland well enough to be saying things, but my initial thought when Kiki said it was like, I, if it only happens at school, then what are y'all doing to this baby to make him hold it, right? To back him up so badly that he can't hold it anymore. And now he's pooping on himself in school. Cause to your point, like it is embarrassing. So no child would just do that to get his way, right? Like that is, you did something to that baby and you mm-hmm. made him feel some kind of way. And this is how this is manifesting. And so that's kin- this is kindergarten, okay? So this is my first time a child being in school, this is happening, right? So I'm just like, oh my gosh, right? So we moved to first grade. <clears throat> first grade, the um, assignment was to color a shark, right? And Roland decided to color his shark using like gray and blue and, you know, leaving some places white. And um, the teacher was like, no, like the, she wanted the shark to be just gray, right? So I'm like, well, why does his shark need to just be gray? Because what if he, when he sees a shark, what if that's what he sees? He sees grays and purples and blues or whatever the case may be. I didn't understand why we were making such a big deal over the shark being not just gray, right? So now it's like, well, he has to do what is told to him. He, his his shark needs to be gray. And I, I just feel like now you, here we go, like you all have stated, we have to be in this box. And that's not fair. Yeah. Because we I, had a similar if, situation in kindergarten where Jordan got to color the bear brown worksheet right and my children have very different personalities my oldest child if she thinks that you insult her intelligence she's not even going she fuck you excuse me i don't know if i'm allowed to say on here but like f you and now you're not gonna get nothing from jordan for the rest of the year 
So Jordan is looking at this and Jordan in kindergarten could do like basic math and she was already reading, right? So Jordan's like, I ain't kind of, you know, Bear Brown. I'm not doing that. Alexander, on the other hand, gets an assignment in kindergarten and they're like, write your name. And he writes Alexander Preston Jones across the top. And the teacher comes back and is like, we're only writing our first names. And I was like, if the baby knows how to write his whole name, like, why can't he write out? I'm not doing this with you, teacher, lady. <laughs> like, we gonna throw the whole book at you. In some but, areas, they're, wor they're worrying about things that they shouldn't worry about. Right. Now, I can get, they want them to know what color. So if the direction says color brown, okay, I want you to color know what brown, brown is. So I, I get it. But if, it, if there was no clear direction and it just says color the shark, I'm going to color the shark, whatever color, I want to color yeah. the shark. But so. it sounds like more like artistic giftedness, right? Because if you look at a shark, it is great with some blue on it. So why can't Roland color the shark the way that he knows the shark? I mean, one of the uh, things that I talk about a lot is this idea that public school is set up for Black children and poor children to comply, right? Like it's more about discipline than it is about learning. And it's about creating workers and not necessarily thinkers. And I think all these things are prime examples. Like if the child is showing the aptitude and understanding to go above what you're asking him to do, let him go above what you're asking him to do, right? As long as he's checking your minimum box. And it sometimes it's also about a power struggle. Why are you having a power mm -hmm. struggle with a six-year-old? A six-year-old. Or, or a five-year-old. Some things are, are, are not that deep. Why are you calling me right now at work because he colored the shark blue? And why are you beyond that, like making me at home or at work feel like my child is a problem, right? Like now I got to stop what I'm doing at work to take this call about my child being a problem because he colored the shark. You making my child feel like a problem. Like these are mm -hmm. things that have more effects than just coloring the shark. Now you've got every time you call me, I'm dreading seeing the school's number come up because you keep calling me for petty stuff, right? Like now we can't build good teacher parent rapport and work together to solve issues. I've also learned kind of pick and choose my battles with the teachers. Like, okay, thank you for letting me know. I will speak to my child about it. Like what response is it that the teacher was trying to get? Like, if there was no clear direction, my child colored as stated. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think every teacher email requires this long response my point exactly because it then becomes overwhelming to the parent it's like you're documenting something every day like what are we building a case like what is going on here and then there's no like okay well did you tell him we have to only use gray I mean just take all the other crowns and leave him with the gray crown then and let him color it gray I've also found it helpful, and I learned this from my son's kindergarten year, is I address the teachers at the beginning of the school year. Like, hey, this is who I am. This is who my child is. This is how my child learns. These are the issues that we have or that we're dealing with. This is how we cope with it at home. This is how the teacher last year may have dealt with it. Like, I feel like opening that dialogue sometimes. I think teachers sometimes are so used to dealing with parents that don't parent maybe, or are the parents that just say whatever. Or I think that 
sometimes if you open that box to the teacher and just let them know, like, this is what we're dealing with this. Like, I know this about my child. I know, I know my daughter is not a liar. So if I ask my daughter, did X, Y, and Z happen? And she says, no, I know she's telling me the truth. Whereas with my son, maybe I need to ask some more questions or vice versa. I'm just using that as an example. Or I know that my son, he, he doesn't like to ask for help. He's going to be the child that comes home and says something to me or says something to the teacher when everybody's gone. So if I can relieve that stress of the teacher, then the teacher feels less likely to have to reach out to me about every single thing because she can then be more aware or knows more about my child going into the school year. And I've kind of knocked that wall down. Um, I seen on Pinterest, like this one parent, like has the child write a letter to their teacher. Like, this is how I learn. This is, I don't like it when I'm called on to read in front of the class. It makes me shy. Mm -hmm. Like whatever it is, like provide that dialogue for your child. It teaches your child to kind of advocate for themselves, but also it helps the teacher and it helps you. So I think in dealing with children that have ADD or ADHD or any issue, it's often, and I'm speaking also as an adult that has ADD, it's easier when somebody knows how to handle a specific situation with you because often anxiety goes coupled with it. Mm -hmm. So if you can take my anxiety out of it, it makes it a lot easier. Or the teacher can say, okay, I can see it on their face that they're not ready to answer this question. So I'm not even gonna call on them. Mm -hmm. Or like my son has anxiety before recess because he doesn't always have somebody to play with. So she knows before recess and after recess, he's gonna probably have a bad attitude. He's probably not gonna wanna talk to you. He needs some time. When he comes in from recess, he gets to walk around twice and then come back to class because he needs that time to decompress. Mm. Whereas if he didn't know that, it could be like a, your child's a bully, they're disrespectful. Mm -hmm. So I think what happened with me was he, Ronan had been to daycare you know, he, he had actually been to two different daycares and not that we pulled him out of one for any reason. It was just closer to home. So I moved his, the, the daycare, but we didn't have any type of issues in daycare. And so then I bring you, to, I bring him to kindergarten and now it's all these issues. And it's not like you're not learning structure while you're in daycare like they had to do assignments he got homework you know um I did see a struggle at home when it came to homework because of course now he wants to go play he doesn't want to do the homework but that's you know I I so kindergarten I couldn't come to the classroom and give you that information because I, I had never seen it before but first mm -hmm. grade I was able to do so but you know when it kind of starts to feel like you're being nitpicked on there was an incident where um I can't remember all the details right because it was a couple years ago but Roland basically said that he wanted to blow the school up okay and it was because he was frustrated I think they were asking too much of him. He's overwhelmed. He's like, I just want to blow the school up. Okay, so now, okay, I feel you. We we need to go to the crisis center because I don't want him to blow the school. Like, can he literally blow up the school? I mean, not that I know of at this moment. You know what I'm saying? He's only in the first grade, like six, seven years old. But that is a credible threat because 
stuff does happen at school. So we can take, we can act on this, right? I mean, now we uh, get the diagnosis of him having ADD, right? And then that's when I was told that he had to inherit it from one of his parents. So I'm like, oh, must have been his daddy. And like, it ain't me, right? And then I start to learn more about it. And I'm like, oh, that does, like, though, that sounds like me. This is, maybe, maybe he did get it from me. I do find myself, uh, I, like, I cannot stay on task. Like, I could start one thing and then I stop and then I go start another thing. You know, this is what, you know, ADD behaviors are. Um, so I remember speaking to his godfather when I was like, yeah, they're trying to say, you know, Rona has ADD. And it was like, don't, don't let them put that on no paper. Like we mm-hmm. do not want that, that diagnosis. So I'm like, well, oh, like why, why we don't like the diagnosis? What's wrong with us? What's wrong with the diagnosis? I'm asking. For us, we had, um, I'm going to tell a two generation story. When my ex-husband and I first got together, and I've known him since we were in high school, so I know that he came up with this diagnosis, right? And he was medicated. And when we were like 14 years old, he used to tell me when we'd be sitting up on the phone that he felt like a zombie and he hated it, right? So when we got together and got married and had babies, like before the babies even came out, he was like, no matter what happens, we won't medicate our children because I don't want our children to feel the way that I felt coming up, right? Like he felt like he was like a shell of himself. And even now he feels like he's still dealing with some of that, um, like the effects, right? So he came up with the ADHD diagnosis. I shared with y'all before we started that when I was little, I probably would have gotten an ADHD diagnosis if, um, cause the doctors told my mom that I was retarded and would have never learned anything cause I couldn't focus on anything long enough to learn anything they said. My mom left when I was a little girl. She couldn't like tell anybody at school that. And so I ended up getting a gifted and talented diagnosis. Um, so when we had these kids and you know, we came up, Preston and I came up like with the same stuff, right? Like I used to wear hoodies so that I could string my headphones up and have music in one ear and I had hair, I've always had hair that's covered it because I can't focus if there's not something else going on. This is before putty and fidget spinners and all that stuff. But like for me, I needed music if I was going to hear anything this teacher was saying. And for Preston, he had his own stuff, but like we had, we talked about it coming up, right? So fast forward, we end up with these kids and um, then I start doing research professionally and I learned that Gifted. So again, before our kids even like get where we would be in a place where we'd be diagnosing, right? Um, I learned that what we call hyperactivity in some kids is actually psychomotor overexcitability in other kids. And it's the exact same thing. But if you have psychomotor overexcitability, you're gifted and talented. And if you seem hyper, then you're ADHD, right? So for me, I was like, okay, if they're that close, right? Like if that if we have a rise in ADHD diagnoses now because we have a decline in gifted and talented, then no matter what happened, like in this world of labels, give my children this one and let me figure out at home if it should have been this one, but like put this one on the paper over here, right? Like call my children brilliant because the difference that makes for the children now, 
right? Like ADHD, you got to go to a special room and maybe take some medicine. And that gives the children this psychological stigma where they feel like maybe they're less than versus like my 10 year old will tell you he's a genius. And I don't know if I think he's a genius, but he'll tell you he's a genius. Right. And so what that does for like his enthusiasm about completing work and even Jordan, who is not the same personality as Zan, she still like needs you to acknowledge that she's smart. Right. Like it doesn't necessarily make her enthusiastic about doing work unless you have acknowledged it back for her. But just like the, the difference that it has. Uh, so then we got to about fourth grade for Jordan. She's in seventh now. So we get to like fourth, fourth grade for Jordan and, and we're struggling. And some of it was that we had a teacher who um, didn't believe in Joe. And again, once she realizes that you don't think she's smart, she's not going to prove to you that she's smart. She's just, okay, girl, right? So we get to like fourth grade and we're struggling. And so Preston and I are having a conversation again. And he's like, well, figure out what you can do. Because this is still, I mean, we, we were in agreement that we were still not going to even talk about going to get this other diagnosis and getting any medicine. So we start looking at, I start researching like diet, right? And I realized the impact that processed food and like corn, which was weird and white sugar. Like I find this whole list dairy, like this whole list of things that other diets and stuff will tell you are not meant to go in your body anyway. But like, you know, when you try to throw dinner together real quick cause you came home from work, you know, like, right? So I'm like, let me just see. Let me just see if I cut dairy, if we cut out corn, which I still don't understand why corn is an issue. If we like cut out processed food and we go all organic, right? And now I'm clowning myself. Cause I'm like, I am not a whole foods mom. Like who about to go buy all these organic whatever, right? But two weeks later, I noticed such a behavioral difference in my kids. I noticed that like they were focusing better. I noticed that they had more energy. They felt overall better. And now I'm like, damn it. Now I gotta be a whole foods mom, right? Like now I got, now we gotta do this. Uh, now I'm gonna sound like the hippie when I'm telling people like, well, are y'all eating white sugar? Are you eating food that like comes in a can or that comes in a packet, right? Like. How are we doing this? Um, but the dietary things made so much difference. And the kids kept the gifted label, right? So they kept performing in school and they kept believing that they could do it and they never felt like, and now Jordan and I will joke about, because um, sometimes she'll come and she'll say, mommy, I can't focus. And I'll be like, baby, me neither, ADHD brain. Or she'll be like, what did you just tell me to do? Right? Like, and so we'll joke about it among ourselves in the house, but like never, ever, ever will we put it on paper in school. And it's something that like, I'll talk to them about how I struggle. I try to talk to my kids about like what, what I go through so that they can, you know, in everything, right? So even in dating, I got this 13 year old, I want her to tell me things and I don't tell her grown up details, but I tell her enough to make her want to come to me. So, you know, I'll be like, yep, I'm feeling deficient in that way today too, right? <laughs> like we gonna get through it. But I think that, so I think that you need to acknowledge it for yourself. But for us, we were so against the stigma because of the way that Preston felt like it played out for him uh, that we still, like, I'm still, like in this world of labels, don't you give my children that one. Okay, so I have a, a different point of view on that. Well, I agree. And then I have like the working in the school with 16 kids that all have the same disability. So um, as a kid, I, I took medication for, for ADD. I wasn't hyper. I just could not focus. I couldn't finish anything. I was mm -hmm. starting stuff to this day. I got all kinds of projects going on in this house. and it, But at some point, in my mind, I go, okay, I need to finish this and I'll finish. Um, after I graduated high school, I stopped. And I like, I think I took it on and off from like, it just depended. Like once I got to the age where I was taking it myself, it just depended on if I took it or not. But um, early twenties, I worked at the post office 
as a mail carrier. And as a mail carrier, you have to case mail, meaning you have to put the mail in order in this huge case so that you can deliver it. And I could not, for the life of me, I could not focus. And the supervisor is like, why are you taking so long? And I'm like, so I went to the doctor and I was like, look, look, doc, I can't focus. And I got on medication. I want to say I only like did the refill once because I wasn't at that job much longer. But I was able to do what I needed to do and be an adult and do adult things and finish what I was supposed to do. Um, and I didn't have that zombie effect, even as a kid. Um, mm. But there's so many different medications. Now, back then, I think it was, there was just Ritalin, okay? Now, there's so many different things that you can take. I don't even know the names of, of all of them. But um, so if one's not working, okay, let's try this. Let's, let's see what works, because I have kids that go, I have no appetite. I can't, um, I can't sleep, like you said, feeling like a zombie. Um, but I think the eye-opener for me was when my mom was moving out of her apartment and I found a, a manila folder that had my IEP in it. Mm-hmm. And it was probably from like my 11th or 12th grade year. And these doctors pretty much said, like how you said, the doctor said, well, they pretty much retarded. And, but they didn't use the term retarded. But it pretty much said, this child will not be successful in anything that she, that she aspires to do. And I'm proof that that's not true. Um, I teach kids, I work with kids. I've been doing it for over 20 years. Um, seeing kids graduate, seeing kids have kids, become lawyers, doctors, all of these things I've seen kids do. And this is from a person being taught by a person that they said would never be successful. So I was on paper. So when Kiki said that the Godfather or whatever said, don't get it on paper. Honestly, on paper, it doesn't mean anything anything other than you're getting extra support at school now if it like following you to adulthood it doesn't because if you graduate high school and you have straight A's in a 4.0 that IEP doesn't mean anything unless you need support and if you're in college they will give you that support that you need because every school has some type of programs for kids with disabilities just because you have a disability doesn't mean you won't go to college and be successful Um, what I found in the program that I work in is for the most part, African-American dads are the ones that are saying, I don't want my kid on that medication. I don't want da-da-da-da-da. But at the same time, your child cannot control themselves. So there's different levels of it. I've seen kids that lay on the ground and, and scoot down the hallway on their back like they're swimming, that cuss you out, that do flips, that run out the building and run down the street. There's all different, you know what I'm saying, all different types. But then you have that parent that are saying, I don't want my kid on that medication. Um, but then it, it's different if you started when they're younger and when they're older, when they're older, they kind of have a choice. If you started when they're younger, then they kind of get in the habit of, of, Hey, this really helps me versus when you're older going, I'm not taking that. I don't want to take that. So then that's kind of a battle. And then you have parents that don't put them on it. And now their kids are adults and they cannot function. So I've seen it from, from both ends. Working in the school, I can tell when the child has not had their medication today. And I'll ask, did you have medicine today? And they go, no, I forgot. Um, and sometimes they take the medicine at home, or you can tell when the medicine wears off at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Like so, or, and then we have kids that take the medication and they're not in a special education program. So 
just because you take medication doesn't necessarily mean you got to go in the hallway with the kids. It's all in the same class and they, and they switch classes together and do everything together because that's how people look at it. I'm in a special education program. And like we have kids that um, are in our program, but then they have mainstream classes. So um, we have kids that are just in our program and, and get the supports just in our program. And then we have kids that go out into the school and have mm -hmm. classes with everybody else and they are successful. But guess what? They needed that medication and they don't necessarily have to take classes with us, but if they need support, it's there. So they may go to a mainstream class and they get a little antsy and they go, can I go back to my program? And they can come back to us and get the support that they need. Now, I can only speak for my school and my program and how we work because I believe my program is dope. Our kids are get straight A's. Our kids get A's and B's because we care about the well-being of children. I can't say that for other schools. We have kids that get straight A's and B's. and that, But that's because we're meeting them where they are. We offer services. If they can't learn, they can go across the hall and talk to a therapist. We have all of these people in our program. Um, and it's nothing wrong because let's say um, I don't take medication now, but guess what? I go to therapy. Everybody mm -hmm. needs something. Just because you're getting a little bit of help doesn't mean you're any less or dumb than any or whatever than anybody else. I have a niece and nephew when they were in I don't know if it was elementary or middle, they were struggling in school. My sister did get them services in special education. Um, and they took medication. Within maybe two years, they no longer needed those services. So just mm -hmm. because you go in a special edu education program doesn't mean you have to stay in there. You can say, I rescind my services and we no, no longer need those special education services from the school. So even if you try it, and you decide this isn't for your child, you can withdraw them, but then you can't mm -hmm. get those services. Um, so my niece and nephew were taken out of those programs and they were both honor roll students. My niece just graduated with a degree in biology and my nephew's a firefighter. So not to say like people are like, oh, they're, they're like it's the end of the world, don't give them that label. But really it only is, to me, it's not a label. It's support where it's needed, if it's needed. But that just depends on every child because they're different. So that's just my opinion on that. So I have a, my story is a little different. So I wasn't diagnosed with ADD till I was an adult. But as a child, I was diagnosed as the bad kid, the troubled kid. I had depression. I had like, I had a whole host of things that I was diagnosed with because I wasn't hyperactive. I was good at, I was good at school, but I might not have turned in assignments or I talked back or I was skipping school because my anxiety was so out of control. Like nobody knew why I was asking school and nobody was smart enough to ask me why I was skipping school. I was skipping school because I was bad. Um, and then as an adult, I finally got a doctor that was like, this isn't you. Like talk to me and then talking to her and her asking me the right questions. She was like, you have none of these things. You have ED. And I found, finally found a medication because like all these medications they had me on when I was a kid didn't help me. I felt like a zombie. I was sleeping all the time. Like I had other issues from the medication, but then I got a new medication that helped me focus. Like 
now I have like sticky notes everywhere because I don't medicate every day. Like I can look at my schedule and be like, oh, today is a day I really need to focus or I really need to be on my A game. So I'm going to take my medicine today. For the most part, I use sticky notes or Kiki and everybody laughs at me because I literally have a five-year planner because I need to have things written down. I need to plan like that is who I am. So in having my kids, both of them present in very different ways. My daughter is super talkative. She just speaks out. She just blurts out. She will be sitting down and she'll just stand up all of a sudden and then sit back down, like completely differently presents than how my son presents, which is more typical. But anybody that has done any research will tell you girls present completely different than boys um, with ADD and ADHD. So for me and my ex-husband who also has ADD, we at the beginning were both very anti-medication. Like there's no way we're medicating our kids, but unfortunately different than you, Autumn, changing the diet didn't help. Like we've seen little Mm -hmm. changes, but both the kids have a hard time sleeping at night where they sleep and they can't stay asleep or just other things that just our diet didn't help. And we're pretty health conscious people. Um, But we do find that low dose of medication does help. And also teaching the kids to speak up and advocate for themselves has helped too. Like if you need to write something down, write it down. If you need somebody to repeat something, repeat something. Um, So I'm, I'm not against medication. Um, I do think that it can help kind of, if you can get your head clear enough to figure out the best way to help yourself off medicine, I think that sometimes that can be helpful. Like it took me finding a medication that worked for me to find a system that works off of medication that I don't need to medicate every day. And I feel like if I had that when I was younger, I may not need to medicate as an adult because I didn't, I'm still need my medicine days. So I think every situation is different and sometimes medication may be a good route in the interim till you really figure out, is it something else? Is it maybe they're not being challenged enough in school or maybe this school or this program isn't the best fit for them or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's not the ADHD, but until you can get that under control, it's kind of hard to figure out anything else because this issue is there. And being able to be on medicine and like my thoughts be clear and not like 20,000 thoughts at one time made it easier for me to communicate how I feel or why I feel that way. And maybe in Roland's case, it could be the same thing. Like maybe he could say, I'm not lazy mom. I just don't like writing or I don't like this math or I just think it's fun to not (laughs) do my homework. Like whatever the issue may be, maybe he can't vocalize it because it's too much in his head. And so this is why I'm like, well, nothing beats a failure, but a try. So I would like to see what medicine may do for him. You know, Um, that's still going to be a battle between his dad and I, you know, my husband and I, but 
um, he's not here every day. He's not virtual distance learning with him. I am. So I need, and I see things and I'm like, oh, like maybe this it is a lot for him. Um, he's like a whiz when it comes to math. And the teacher's like, okay, but you have to show me your, you have like, you have to show your work. And Roland's like, why do I need to show you the work? Is that the answer or not? And I'm like, okay, but how did you get to the answer? He's like, I don't know. I just know it. And I'm like, but we need to know how you know it. You know, like what steps did you take to get to this answer? Because you could just be guessing. And he's like, I'm not guessing. That's the <laughs> that's the answer. And I'm like, but you gotta show your you gotta show your. And is that shown work. in testing, Kiki? Yes. Yes. So, so when he's taking the map, the map mm-hmm. testing, he gets a the because it's what it's like. You could be below grade level, on grade level, mm-hmm. above grade level. He's been above. Like and the teacher, say, oh, go ahead. The, um, the teacher said that you know she she's not concerned that he's not learning because he passes the test, but he does not want to do the work. To he just he'll just take the test. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, is this lazy? That's why I'm calling. I'm saying like, is he being lazy? I'm he, to I know he doesn't like to write. I'm trying I know to think he doesn't if there's like a name write. for it where you could just look at numbers and just know it, but you don't necessarily know how to work the problem out. You just know. It. I swear there is a name for it, but I was having a similar issue. And the teacher was saying that a lot of the kids, because they're virtual, have figured out how to use the calculator. So teachers mm. just want to make sure that kids actually understand versus they've learned how to use a calculator. Was he doing mm. this before virtual, Kiki? Yeah, he doesn't like to he so he doesn't like to write at all. He doesn't like to write. And see, with me growing up, I like to write and read, but math, I was definitely below level. And even as an adult, I struggle, like big struggle. Algebra, all of that, don't give it to me. I can count, I can do the basics, and I can count money. But that just was not my thing. My brain will not process it. Um and if it does, it's like, I'm like her with the notes. I'm like, okay, I really need to, like, it's a whole different level of trying to focus. I'm at school now and I'm avoiding taking math, like dreading it because I don't want to waste my money. Um, but what I want to say, Kiki, about the medication is, is it doesn't hurt to try it. And if it's not for you, it's just not, it's not, it's not for him. Um, it's not like you put him on it and it's just the end all and he's just on it forever. Um, and that's what I'm saying. We could we could try it out. And if, you know, it's like, oh, uh, he doesn't like the way he feel or we don't like the way he's acting while on it. Like that's, the, it's a totally different thing. It's not that Roland is hyper because he's not. He's mm-hmm. my loner. He's, he's completely mm-hmm. opposite of me where I can go and make friends in two point in 0.2 seconds, Roland is like, back up. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> I'd rather stay home, um, read a book. He read he because he loves to read books. And I'm not talking about just like comic books, like he he reads Harry Potter, like it's chapter books. It's not just like, you know, so it's just like 
certain things that they're requesting of him, you know, I'm like, you have to know how to do this though. Even if you don't like something, you still have to be able to do it. And this is why I feel like maybe if we try this medicine, you know, maybe the thoughts in his mind can just, you know, relax. And then he can write a story and I have so many different things because it's like stay on topic boy what are you talking about we talking about space and now you're talking about dinosaurs like come on how does space and dinosaurs correlate with one another you know leave it to him right I was gonna say leave it to him he will make it make sense somehow (laughs) like let him do that so we go through that a lot too where even me like when I was in school I did really well on tests and really well on papers, no matter the subject, right? So homework, like maybe, maybe I was gonna do it this weekend, maybe I wasn't, because I the averages, I was gonna end up with an A in the class whether I did this homework or not, right? Until Gary Arnett figured out that that's what I was doing and I got punished for 92% A's. And I was like, what do you mean it's still an A? He's like, but look at all these zeros. And I'm like, homework is 10%, I still got an A, right? So we go through this, but now it's flipped where they have de-emphasized tests and papers. So Jordan, who has the exact same personality, will bring home a C. And like, now I'm losing my shit because what you mean you brought home a C? And she's like, and I'm like, listen, I understand. I didn't like doing homework either, but you got to play the game. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you that this assignment is important. But the game is important and you not bringing C's in my house is important, right? <laughs> like, so, I mean, I just talked to him like that. I'm like, look, I, I agree with you that your teacher is a duck. You still got to bring home A's because you still got to live in this house, right? Like, but Jordan's I, what, 16, you said? How old is Jordan's 13. Thir- 13. I think it's just easier to have that conversation with a 13-year-old than a nine-year-old. Well, we've been having that conversation because third, third grade was okay, but fourth and fifth grade was rough for Jordan. Like, I have decided- There's also puberty in there. We in um, Zan's in fifth grade now, and I've decided I actually just don't like children between eight and 10, like period. Like, I just don't like you. And when you get 11, we can reconcile. But like right now, like, I love you, but like, I don't don't like anything about who you are right now at this age. Um, But we've always had those types of conversations. Uh, Like I said, fifth grade for Jordy was our absolute worst year. Like, I was just like- Fifth grade is rough. Fifth grade was rough. I don't know why fifth grade was so bad but fifth grade was terrible I think it's hormones and puberty and who knows but I hear every parent say fifth grade is the devil's work I was work. ready for that in middle school like I braced myself going into middle school but she has been delightful she is my favorite person right now but fifth grade I'm about to throw that child off the train like she fifth grade was and Zan is in fifth grade now and I'm like <laughs> oh man I just, I hear that every parent I've talked to or I've interacted with says fifth grade is by far the worst year they've ever experienced with their child. I don't know why it was that bad, but. It was really good in fifth grade. It was middle school that like, I was still playing with Barbies in fifth grade. I, I, well, I remember, I remember in fifth grade, um, my teacher, so I, we moved away the end of fourth grade and then we came back in fifth grade and the teacher kept moving my seat because no matter where he put me I would talk to people he told my mama that I could make a deaf person talk so it didn't matter where he put me so I ended up sitting next to him 
and I would talk to him. <laughs> Girl, in fifth grade, Jordan used to do dumb stuff like her teacher called me one day and was like, we were having a lesson, a read aloud lesson. And I needed just to get baseline understanding from the students that the sky was blue. So I was like, we all know the sky is blue, right? Everybody says, yes. Jordan says, actually, what if the sky is not blue? What if the sky is indigo? Or what if it's just a reflection from the ocean that reflects up and the sky has no color? He was like, your daughter dragged us for 30 minutes off task. Now the class who had agreed the sky was blue. Now we actually debating whether the sky is blue and I don't know what to do with that. Debate team right there. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're right. And then Jordan would come home and I'm like, Joe, she'd be like, I know the sky is blue. And I was, so why did you do that? Why did all of that happen? She was like, oh, just wanted to see if I could get them to agree with me. Like she would do stuff like that in fifth grade. <laughs> just oh, like, I can't, you can't be mad at her for that. Right. She was just challenging the people. Girl, Girl. what what grades are you are you um oh I work with uh sixth through eighth. Okay, so you're in middle school. school. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just wanted to but say in reality, in reality, it's like they're all a grade they're they're sixth through eighth, but a lot of them are on the levels of second or third, fourth. Mm-hmm. they're like that some of them are that far behind when it comes to like test scores and certain things a lot of them are behind some are on level in certain areas and some are not but there are kids that do have um alcohol fetal syndrome um they were um uh, adopted or had abusive parents whatever the case is like a lot so they have other issues on top of whatever their diagnosis is and then there's some that just are defiant and they're in our program. What? I want to ask you what district or county you're in, but I don't know if you want to say that on the thing. So you can send Montgomery. Yeah, Montgomery. Mm -hmm. I was going to backtrack to the medicine and just say, if the first medication you try, if you decide to go that route, doesn't work, don't give up on medicine altogether. Sometimes it takes three or four medicines and you have to each medication is different of course but there's a certain amount of time you have to take each medicine to see if it really works to be in your system yeah and we were also really good when we first introduced medication we were really good with like coming home and researching at first because sometimes doctors just tell you obviously like the obvious side effects but sometimes you just do that extra research and you're like after researching it, I don't think this is the best option. What what other options do you have? Um, but I'd say, I think the first two or three medicines we tried just were not the right ones. Mm. And Autumn, did, did, do your children have um, trouble sleeping? No. No, but I keep thinking about this because I keep thinking about like, so I have a little brother who's 10 years younger than me and we were raised very differently because as you might imagine, you're a very different parent 10 years later after you've already made all your mistakes with the first one. And um, so my little brother also has ADHD and he had it like, so for me, I would be on punishment if I brought home a 92% A, right? For Gary, he was allowed to bring home C's and D's because like he just wasn't good at school. And so they went the route to get the diagnosis for him to figure out like why he wasn't good at school. And my dad fought the medicine just like he did with me, but my stepmom had more say over my brother than she had with me. Um, 
And so he ended up taking it and doing really well. I mean, he ended up going to uh, finish his associate's degree. And, um, and so now we'll talk and he doesn't really take his medicine. Now he's struggling to like understand anxiety. That's his big thing. I mean, and he'll call me with it because I have bad anxiety too. And he'll, sometimes he'll be like, Autumn, I'm, I don't know who else to call and I'm struggling and he'll be in tears, right? And I don't know what to do for this 25 year old baby. And I'm like, what, what, what is wrong? He's not 25. He's not 25, he's almost 25. But I'll be like, what? <laughs> like I, can't, I, I wish I could help you. And he's like, I don't wanna take the medicine because um, like, he'll be like, my dad made him feel weak, right? So he'll be like, I don't want you and dad to think I'm weak because I have to take the medicine. And so I'm, I'm as I'm mm -hmm. listening to y'all talk, I'm wondering what the influence of parenting is. Cause in my house, like maybe they wake up in the middle of the night. I don't know, they would never tell me cause they would get in trouble for coming out the room to tell me that they were up at whatever hour, you know? So um, it is possible that they, I actually don't think so. I, I mean, bedtime at our house is 8.30 still, even though they old children. Uh, we've been lenient this year because everything's virtual and I actually pulled them and they're fully homeschooling. So they can wake up at 1030 and do their, as long as they do their lessons for the day, I don't care what time they do them. Um, but before the pandemic, it was still 830. They would go lay down, put all the devices. They don't have TVs in their room. So that's another thing. They don't have um, like the stimulation. They'd have to put any devices on my dresser before they went to bed. So I mean, like I just took away so many options for them to do anything. Um, and like a parent like my father, so they get punished for a lot of things. Like, I think that there's probably in my house, things could easily go undetected because you would be punished for a thing that you might actually need help with is what I'm thinking. Like, like I was, like my brother was or wasn't, right? So I think, anyway, no, that makes but sense. they would get Can a book if they came out their rooms. To tell your brother that he's grown and it don't matter what anybody thinks. If he needs what he needs, he needs to do what he needs to do for his mental health and stability. Um, the difficulty is that my brother still lives at home with our parents. Mm -hmm. And my dad is a worse version of himself now than mm -hmm. I knew him to be when I was growing up, but even than he was when he was raising my brother. So it's hard because he's still in the house with it. Yeah. And I mean, I'm telling, dad, you know, would your dad know if he takes the medication? Yeah, because he behaves differently. You can tell. But why wouldn't he want him to behave better? I could give you all the answers, but I mean, it really, okay. I, it boils down to my dad just being my dad, right? Like he's just, mm -hmm. sometimes we acknowledge that our parents carry their own trauma from things that they project onto us. Definitely. And they might not ever work through their trauma and it's our job to know that they're carrying it. But it's really hard for my baby brother who's still in the house to be mm -hmm. able to take that step back. I mean, I've been gone for, since 2005, right? I've been gone for 16 years. So it's very hard for my brother who is still living in the house to take that step back and realize these are dad's issues, not your issues. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard when something's been like so ingrained in who you are. It's hard to unlearn that, yeah. you know, that, that takes some therapy. Um, but in my household, I'd like to think we're very open, um, but I think it's really important to have the discussion of, I love you no less because you're on medicine. It doesn't make you any different. Actually, I'm very proud of you for being okay for taking medicine because helping yourself, being strong enough to help yourself. I just hate to lot. think I hate to think about those that need the medication, but they don't want to disappoint someone so they end up hurting themselves or hurting someone else. 
um, because they're trying to be someone, something for someone else right. um, or trying to prove something. I'll be okay. I'm stable. And sometimes you just not so you can call me what you want to call me but i'm gonna take what i need to take so i have some mental stability and also like we don't even take aspirin for headaches in our house right like so Mm -hmm. like we just are not a medicine household for anything Mm -hmm. like my baby has really bad migraines and sometimes i'll ask him if he wants to take something Mm -hmm. um and he and i both have allergies and on bad days we take an allergy pill but like we try to tough it up mostly but like the culture in our house is like, we just gonna try to tough it out because that is the culture in the house that I grew up in. It was like, we just gonna get through it. Mm-hmm. So my, okay, so there, there's several like, whoa, 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 I wanna say, right? <laughs> so, um, okay, so for Autumn, the fact that you see the flaws that you had growing up in the, in the way you were raised, I mean, this is kind of off topic, but why, you know, you you don't want to try to be better than that or change the narrative, so or because now it's like with that. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like sometimes I'll joke with my friends and I'll be like, "These children can just go get the therapy." <laughs> like I need to go get the therapy, but like my dad had a formula that I feel like worked, right? So I don't agree with everything he did, and I don't feel I don't I don't replicate all of the decisions, but I think I am essentially like I'm him not as a parent, right? Like we're the same person basically. So on one hand, I'm like, he raised a daughter who has achieved a level of success that I would like for my children to achieve, right? Like on one hand, I'm like, I didn't die. He didn't break me. You know, I adore my father. He's my favorite human being. My children adore me. So like on one hand, I'm like, there were definite mistakes that I am definitely perpetuating. They gonna have to go get therapy. And on the other hand, I'm like, but the outcomes, like if they ended up with similar outcomes, that's what I want for them in life. So I what haven't figured out how to balance be better. that yet. Hmm? But what if the outcomes could be better? Like, what if I am a product can. of Black people don't go to therapy? And when I tell you I threw my kids in therapy because I needed therapy. Girl, I'm, I'm a, a product of a proponent of the only therapy. Kids, right? I, mean, I think everybody needs therapy. No, we I don't agree, need somebody but- to talk to. We grew faith. up with like, if Jesus can't fix it, then it can't be fixed. And it's a problem with yep. you not having strong enough faith, right? So I've overcome that. When my eight-year-old was like, mommy, I need a therapist. The first time I was like, you don't know if you need a therapist. But then when he said it again, I was like, okay, let's get you a therapist, right? Like, so there are definite things that I feel like I do better, but there are definitely things that I struggle with. Like, do I change this thing? But I also like, my kids also like me still bring home the A's, right? Like, so it's not like, like, the things are not manifesting the way they manifested for my brother, where it, they're like these red lights where we're like, okay, we must do something, right? So my dad was like, discipline will fix everything. Like if you discipline yourself, you can control your body, your body doesn't control you, right? Like, and I heard that in church too. So from all sides, we got like, you're in control here. You can will that away. And I'm not that extreme, um, but definitely trying to find balance between like, I expect y'all to be better than me because you just expect your children, you know, every generation is supposed to be better than their parents. Um, but if this is the baseline that you start with, then my dad did okay, maybe. So that's where I was getting to. So last week, 
mental health matters episode came out Hmm. so two weeks ago when this episode airs and we were talking about how people who like are religious feel as though like you don't need therapy because you have god which then i struggled right because it's like i grew up in the church so now it's like am i letting the lord down by saying that i need help you get what i'm saying i see my husband is like nigga drop it give me 15 push-ups and And like that's going to make him write a paper faster i there's there's a disconnect i don't see that like i don't think that's working so um that's where it's like uh like i you know, I go back and forth. Like, am I making the best decision for Roland? You know, because I'm his, I'm advocating for him. I have to advocate on his behalf right. so he's able to do this on his own. So, of course, I'm asking him, like, do you want to take medicine? Do you think, like, mm-hmm. the medicine is supposed to make your, your mind relax so that way you can retain information? Like, you know, I'm explaining it to him because at the, at the end of the day, it's his body. So I want him, him to be aware of what's going on so, you know, we can make a decision together um because i don't want to i don't want to be doing a disservice to him by not going trying everything you know mm-hmm. trying the different diets um try, trying medicine trying meditating you get what i'm saying there's certain things mm-hmm. that that does help him like you know but at the same time god didn't give me a lot of patience so i, don't so I have know a question i have a question kiki so if if he doesn't feel well, you gonna take him to a, a primary doc, a regular doctor? Yeah, I mean, I take him to the doctor. Yes. Okay. So if if his thoughts and things aren't where they should be, there's nothing wrong with taking him to a psychiatrist or a therapist. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you trust God any less, because um, I look at it as God created all things, right? So He created mm-hmm. that therapist. He mm-hmm. He had some little child to say, "I'm gonna be a therapist when I grow up," and He took them through those steps. To become a therapist because if that was the case if that wasn't the case then you would be the therapist and you could solve all the problems right so, so that's a, my that's exactly how i feel right god created the man that created the school to teach the person so that they could go be the therapist so we're gonna go utilize the services i, right. am, I put her that's what i'm thoughts. going to the podiatrist i, I mm-hmm. can't do it myself like unless god gonna work the miracle right now oh i'm healed you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying he created different people and different things right. for you to get the services that you need if you don't don't partake in those services then you're doing your child a disservice right we gotta yes. hold the worst because like the options were either go to counseling at church with the minister and preston was like we tried that or like don't go to counseling because if jesus can't fix it if the ministers can't fix it then you can't be fixed right so you know how many ministers need to go to counseling you know Girl. how many of them don't follow <laughs> the same things they preach about no but what i'm saying is like this to your point, Kiki, like this is a detriment in our community. And Ryan, mm-hmm. you said the same thing. Like we grow up in these churches where Jesus can't fix it, it can't be fixed. Like we surely had problems that we could have worked through in mm-hmm. our marriage. We could have gotten through those things, but our options, as far as I understood at the time, were we go to church and he was kind of like, we tried that once and I don't want everybody to know our business or like we don't do it, right? So to y'all's point about utilizing medical professionals, that's what they're there for. And that's another issue about people not wanting to share the business and we sweep the things under the rugs because like now we're having this open conversation and somebody's going to see this episode and then they're going to be like, oh, 
they they may be like and solidify like no we're not doing medicine or they may be like oh maybe we could try the medicine because yeah you know because but no one has well, talked we can where talk about it right you know you could feel comfortable enough to be like oh i you know i really like what autumn said on that podcast with that girl well, i know somebody's going through something exactly that i'm going through and i don't have anybody to talk to it about right yeah and that's what this is that's what this platform is so that you can feel comfortable sharing your truth without being judged because who am i i'm no one to judge you okay i'm not i'm not jesus when you go to the gates i'm not going to be there to say you could go up or you can go down that's not Mm -hmm. me so just being able to have conversations where it's like okay well you know you're entitled to feel that way like you there are things and situations where i'm like girl like i wouldn't do that right but who am i to say like it's wrong that you're doing that you know um and uh, kiki i was also going to add um when schools are trying to determine um like what's going on or what's going on with this child and, and this is me thinking about myself as a kid, right? So when I was, I don't know how old I was, my mom was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. And from the time I was like eight up until 2008, I took care of my mom. Now with some assistance from home health aides or some family members, but to be that young, to be able to bathe someone, get them out of bed. My mom wasn't no small woman, get them out of bed, do the hair, cook dinner, do all of those things. I was doing all of that, right? So, and still going to school. So you don't know what I'm going through or you don't know what people are going through at home. And then you're coming to school saying they can't function. Well, why do you think I can't function? Mm-hmm. Like you think it's peaches and cream over here? You think, and not saying I um, I have anything against my mom. I love, I love my mom with everything that I have. Like I, everything that I did, I, I, won't, I wouldn't take it back. You know what I mean? Because- she lived as long as she did, I feel like, because of me. So the fact that um, schools automatically think, well, they can't function, they can't do this, they can't do that, but have you looked at their home life, what's going on at home, um, just traumatic events that have happened. Um, there was one time from seventh to eighth grade, I lived with my sister, and that was the best that I ever did in school, ever. Like, I had never made honor roll. And I went, I lived with her for a year, and I did really well, but I also didn't have that stress. I was able to run track. Mm-hmm. I was able to have friends and not have, to go, not have to go home early to make dinner or check in on someone. I was able to live a normal kid life. Um, and all of these things, like, it's like, it's coming back to my memory, but, and I don't think like Roland has had anything traumatic happen, Kiki, but just whoever's listening to this, um, this is why the therapy is important. Because during that time, I don't think I was talking to anybody on occasion, like the guidance counselor would come and get me or something, but that was like minimal. Um, And my mom did everything that she could. She couldn't walk, she had an electric wheelchair and we went everywhere we needed to go. Like she made sure I went to doctor's appointment. Do you need to talk to psychiatrist? Whatever you need to do, she took care of it in the state that she was in. But at the end of the day, it was that just that situation, that living situation that where I struggled and I kind of thrived after that. So those are some things that you need to think about what type of environment and things that are going on in that child's life um, where they may not need medication. They just may need a, a something needs to be tweaked in the home. That's true. I also try to encourage people to uh, consider like how they experience school. 
how have the beliefs of the teachers or, you know, what the teacher has said to them or what the teacher thinks that they can achieve influence, like what they think about themselves as a student, right? So uh, on top of the trauma informed teaching practices, like understanding what kids are going through at home, understand like, did they have a first grade teacher that wrote them up for something stupid, right? Like understanding like, what is this child's schooling experience and how does that play out in their attitude towards school or their attitude towards themselves as a student? I think also having, I think just like we have our outlets, like we had a long day at work, we unwind. It might be going to the gym. It might be having a glass of wine. It mm -hmm. might be talking to our friends. Kids need that too. And I think especially with kids that have ADD and ADHD, I've seen a huge change now that we can't be outside playing sports or we can't get that activity in. Or even sometimes I'll be like, well, I just don't want to play football or I don't want to play lacrosse this season. And I still make him because... I know and I see the difference in my child when he has a sport and activity regularly and when he doesn't. So I say that to say, I think kids should be involved in decisions, but I think as the parent, it's like, we see this, you might not wanna to go to lacrosse practice today, but I know after lacrosse practice, you're happy, you're also sleepy, you sleep better, you have a better day at school the next day, you're proud of yourself because you went out on the field and assisted or school, like it gives you so much more. So I think sometimes obviously medication works, but I think that there's other things that also play in it, like having regular activities or mm -hmm. my son has a spot in the house. That's his spot that that's his escape. That's where he can go when Braylon's in that spot. Nobody bothers him. It's his, his space. So I think that sometimes making little changes to Andrea's point, like in the house can have a huge effect on how they are in school or how they focus on something because they've had kind of like we had our glass of wine unwind and now we can deal with our kids or deal with our spouses or just go to work the next day. You know, like whatever it is, they need that too. And because Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, it's something you said that, that made me mad about the teacher. Um, so question, the teacher always emails you about the things that he's doing wrong. When does she email you when he's doing right? Mm -hmm. So, so I would say the first grade teacher did try to give me like, I don't want to always contact you with negative. So today XYZ did happen and I was very proud of him. I cannot say the same for the kindergarten teacher. I'm really happy that Lyric had a different kindergarten teacher and I had a much better kindergarten experience. Mm -hmm. Lyric's first grade teacher, I think she's like for real, like especially during this pandemic, mm -hmm. I just think teachers is the bomb.com. You know, the ones that actually show up and, you know, oh, wow. do their best. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Not the people who just there to collect the checks, but there are people who are really genuinely invested in, in your child's well-being and wanting them to be better. So I cannot say all teachers are negative Nancy's, you know, mm -hmm. but um, but at that point where we were in a relationship in first grade, I couldn't really okay you're giving me a good report but it's like I don't really care I'm ready for him to go to second grade like I don't want to deal with you no more when we got to second grade he had a teacher that I once had and her patience with him and the fact that she called his father 
I am married. We live mm-hmm. together. Why do you call me? Call his daddy. Right. You don't gotta call me. How many mm-hmm. teachers do you know? I, I think that's that? important, Kiki, because um, for the teacher to always call you, right? And then my thing is, is the teacher thinking that the dad's not in the life because they mm-hmm. black? I, I don't know. But like a lot of times when you call, you always call the mom. Like you never, right. the dad is always the last resort for some reason mm-hmm. for a teacher. I think that's probably because moms fill out paperwork and we write our names first. No, girl. I started writing oh. the, his, I write his name. Don't call me because... <laughs> You like when you call me, I'm not even taking in what you say. I'm just annoyed that you keep calling me. You know what I'm saying? The um third grade teacher, she, I, she was a sweetheart too, right? And she would just send me an email and just say, but I was getting emails good or bad from the jump. It wasn't like I only hear from this teacher when it's bad and now she's trying to clean it up. So it's like, yeah. I'm not trying to say, like, it was like, Yes, she did a lot for Roland. His teacher this year reached out to last year's teacher to say, how can I help Roland? Girl, mm-hmm. now I got to go out here and buy you an edible arrangement or something. <laughs> you out here doing real work. You out here being an yeah, investigator. Real work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for real. Do you? How many teachers do you know are reaching out to previous teachers to see how to help a child excel? Yeah. Every teacher Braylon has had has done that. Well, amen for maybe we need to move upper county. I'm upper county, but I love their school. They are in a great school. I couldn't ask for anything more. What's your yeah. student demographics, Ryan? Why are you asking me questions I don't know the answer to? <laughs> because the you you know I approach like half the conversation from a research standpoint, because the research shows that the schools with wider demographics get those types of teachers, right? Like they get better experiences because the parents are more likely to raise hell. With our mm. parents, we're we're more likely school. to be like, hmm? I think we're a focus school. With our parents, we're more likely to be like, like, okay, I'm tired of hearing from, right? Like, so we're more likely to not engage because we don't want to deal with you anymore. We want to go to the next grade because we may have experienced school the same way you are now making our children experience. Like for whatever reason, like black parents are less vocal mm-hmm. and less like they, they are less organized in terms of like coming together and- That's um, us as a community. And advocating mm-hmm. for our children. So like here, I just launched a district-wide black parents network, right? That is expressly to advocate for black children in our district, no matter where they go to school because it's 21% of us in the damn city. So it's not enough of us to have one at every school, right? But white parents will raise hell. And so the principals and the district leaders make sure there are more like of those types of human resources in those schools because they get more pushback versus like in our schools, we just take whatever is given so they don't have to staff our schools differently. That's why I asked you. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not that, sure. You know, up there, up there where you are, it's definitely more, a minority. It's more than it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down yeah. here, it's more than it is. Right. There's a reason I won't come back down there. Um, but and then you're here, surprised when you see that on in special education. That's all. I I won't speak on that in our school, but I will say. Yeah. <clears throat> we what have I will a say focus is, program. Being being that 
um like if you talk to the assistant personal principal at lyric school because now Roland goes to a different school they will be like mrs carol is always present she's on everything she comes to everything she's she's at the virtual meetings that yes i'm always there and i'm and you know at a period it's like with Roland, i kind of felt like i was always the youngest mom in there now when larry came you know it's a little different i'm not the the youngest but people be looking at you like oh you know them young moms like that and i really was i mean i was young but i was 23 when i had Roland. like i really wasn't like a teen mom you know and I, I get so sad because I'm like, y'all, you go to the, you guys show up. You gotta show these people that you care about your child. And you also like don't just send them to school and think that they supposed to learn everything at school. Yeah. Like you gotta reiterate it at home, like sight words, you know what I'm saying? Your your number bonds, all that other stuff. Mm. Like, I mean, especially now with virtual learning, I feel like I'm in third, I mean, I'm in fourth grade and first grade. I think it's really ghetto, but I still, I'm still there um, because it's a lot. Like, I don't understand why we can't just say one plus one is two. Why we gotta like why we gotta do all this extra stuff mm-hmm. and put the I'm number in the circle. It, like, I don't understand why we got like now you're making me trying to relearn how to count, and then it's like, damn, maybe I do need to relearn because I don't understand. <laughs> no, I don't need to learn this way. Because the way we learned in the 90s was perfectly fine. It was fine. Okay. It was not broken. You know, the other thing that we started doing a couple of years ago is um, I give my kids the option to take one mental health day per semester, as long as their grades are good and they've got like, you know, they've been turning in their work or whatever. Um, And you don't even have to have a reason. You can just wake up and be like, mommy, I would like to use my mental health day today. And I'm like, all right, cool. And if I don't have a lot of meetings, like for Jordan, maybe we'll go to the nail salon or for Zan, we'll go to the park, you know, like, like I will let them spend the day however they want to spend the day and I'll make sure I support them. And they get one a semester again, as long as grades. And my, one of my friends teased me so bad. He was like, these, you know, these new kids, whatever, we ain't had no mental health day. Like we had to tough it out. I was like, yeah, all of us are in therapy. All of us, all of us are in therapy. And, and now look at us, we like use our vacation time. time. Well, I like that it gives them I like control, use my right? vacation like, time. They can decide what day they want to use. In addition to the holidays that are on the calendar, I, I'm really big on like, I don't like to feel like life is happening to me. So I don't want my children to feel like life is happening to them, right? Like I want them to have some agency, even though I got a lot of rules and a lot, like they don't have that much. We got a lot of rules over here, but like you can choose what day you're going to cash in your day. And if it's the second day of school, then you chose to cash it in on the second day of school. And if you wait to the end of the semester, like if you tack it on to it already three days, like however you want to do it, that is your day to figure out how you want to use it. You get another one next semester. And that has really, really helped um, because it's really helped them be able to come to me and be like, I just can't today, right? Because we feel like that sometimes too. What if they said, does it roll over to the next semester? Can I combine them? No, you can't combine them. Use or lose, use or lose. Use or lose. Use or lose. 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 (laughs) In homeschool, we've been able to build in like, so like I gave them their whole February curriculum at the beginning of the um, month. And if you want to work ahead so that you can have a couple days extra with your daddy before I come and get you, do that. Just do what I asked you to do, right? So we've had a lot more flexibility in homeschool where Jordan will come to me and be like, mommy, I really don't want to whatever on Thursday. Can I have my Thursday lessons today so that I can have Thursday to like binge yes, watch? Yes, you can. I'm like, yeah, sure. Here. Yeah do it so right? my question so, is, my, I, I, i'm sorry i also have another question did. for you um homeschooling only took place because of the pandemic correct 
Yeah, but I'm struggling now because I've learned so much about what my kids don't know since we're homeschooling. So like, for example, it started because they were in virtual and they had an asynchronous time or whatever. And I had a meeting and I was like, go upstairs, research the effects of coronavirus on your body, write an essay. Like I needed them to go do something so I can sign up for this meeting, right? And they go upstairs and a couple minutes later, Zane comes back downstairs and he's like, mommy. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, we don't know how to write an essay. And I was like, whose children can't write an essay? Like your mama's a whole researcher, writes papers every day. You can't write an essay? And he was like, we've never been taught that. We've been taught to interrogate text for an answer. So I can write you a short answer to this, but I can't write an essay. And I was like, oh yeah, you coming out. I can't, there's like my biggest fear every day is that I'm gonna screw these children up somehow, but there's no way I can do worse than you not know how to write an essay. So we coming out, cool, we got it. So started writing curriculum. And then I learned that like, Zan, who is really good at school, he's my straight A student every quarter, is not a good thinker. Like he can't think, like he got no critical thinking skills, but he's good at school because he's likable and they keep giving him A's, right? So now we're having breakdowns at the table because I gave you something that requires you to interpret it for yourself and the answer wasn't in the passage and you breaking down and I'm like, I don't understand why you don't understand that the answer is not supposed to be there. You're supposed to think about the answer and now you gotta go take a bath for two hours and then come back down and finish it. And you're good, right? Like after you take your bath, you're fine. But now I'm learning so much about how school as a system is failing my children who are like in an upper middle class district. They live with a whole education researcher. Like, and I'm struggling with this idea of, am I going to be able to send them back? Uh, I don't want to write curriculum for my children forever, every year. So like, I'm in this like, oh, do I send you back to this thing that wasn't working? Like Jordan is older and she um, is planning to launch her business on her birthday, the 28th. And so I'm almost feeling like, like, Maybe I just work backwards from the GED test for Jordan and make sure that she knows everything on that test in addition to the things I wanted to know, let her test out and then start her business before she's ready for college, right? Like, so these are the decisions I'm trying to make now, but Zan needs the social aspect of school. He's going to need to go back because his personality requires like that interaction. Jordan can FaceTime her friends and doesn't need to sit in the classroom. She don't wanna do no group projects anyway, right? We'll figure it out. I, I'll add something to it, Kiki. For those that, um, I feel like when teachers and different doctors approach you and talk to you about your child's disability, um, ask questions. There's so many people that are misinformed that don't, like you go to a meeting, you have no idea what they're talking about. There are advocates um, that will go to meetings with you one. and help you. You use one, Brian? I thought I heard somebody say something. Okay, no, but there like are advocates again. I think she. I think she did say she uses one because I, I believe she does use okay. one. But I think she's frozen. Mm -hmm. But advocates are there to support you in the things that you do not understand. So if you don't understand something, don't go in somewhere and sign something and just be like, okay, well they said X Y Z and da 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 da. You do your research. I feel like I'm about to use the word. We perish because of lack of knowledge. So. Do your own research, do your own due diligence because those are, those are your children. Don't let anybody decide for you what's best for them. And if you don't understand, you take the paperwork and be like, all right, let me look over it. Let me find an advocate or somebody in education that can help me understand this and, and then do what you need to do. So don't be so yeah. quick um, if you do not know what's going on. So I just wanted to add that. 
Yeah, don't be so quick to write off the medicine, write off the diagnosis, because you could be doing a disservice to your child and ultimately yourself as the parent, because now you're creating a, more of a storm that you, you know, that you have to navigate through. So I do think that it's important to do your research, you know, do your pros and cons list. Like, is medicine the best option? Should we try the diet? do we pray on it you know i love my lord and savior christ but sometimes you know when you be praying it don't come tomorrow and i'll be looking for tomorrow uh but you know shout out to jesus because he may not come when you want shout out to jesus right on time he's he's always no but i feel kiki i feel like sometimes you be like god help me god help me he looking at you like i best that you help you just ain't using it Told you to get the child medicine. I put it in right. your, on your heart to get him medicine, and you still asking me to help you. Why? Why? I told you. Look, he <laughs> said, Kiki, I told you which doctor to go to. I showed you <laughs> that he had a heart for me. I showed, like, he's showing you the different things. So sometimes we're looking for something that's like, ooh, supernatural. And sometimes he's giving it to you physically, putting it in your face, and you're waiting for an answer. He's looking like, I already gave it to you. I don't know what else you want from me. What else you want me Facts. to do? That is so, <laughs> that is like true. That is that so is very right true. Right. Mm-hmm. So don't second guess yourself. Like when you got that sign, like go off on that sign. You get what I'm saying? I'll deal with my husband later. I love him dearly, and then all, He might and thank then, you later. Right. You know? And also I was going to say, sometimes you don't need to share everything with everybody because everybody is not going to agree with you at the end of yes. the day. Like the person that said, don't do that. Okay, then you come do homework with him for two weeks and then you let me know what you want to do. What what we should do because okay. people if they don't see it and they haven't experienced it yep and also people can only speak from their experience and maybe medicine wasn't the answer for their situation that doesn't mean it's the answer or not the answer for yours mm-hmm. do what's best for you and your family at the end of the day yeah i agree i really i really agree all right, so I ladies, talk. I just want to thank you all so much for taking time out of your day to sit and kick it with me. But I like to end every episode on a high note, you know. So, what you watching on TV? You're about to judge me. <laughs> you know what I'm about to say. <laughs> I'm watching Grey's Anatomy. I'm on season five. Okay, well, you know. I'm going to start looping, though. I, I never want to watch Lupin. You never watched Grey's Anatomy? That's, I started no. at season one. You you know it was amazing. It only had like five episodes, but it was really good. Okay, so I'm my husband and I are going to watch Lupin together. That's but if you can, watch. watch it in French with the subtitles because it's better. If you can tolerate the subtitles, then do it that way. Okay. So the other day, for the first time, don't judge me. I just watched Queen of Slim. Well, I can't judge you because that's fair. I mean, it's not it's not new. I've never seen it. Definitely not new, but I, I just watched it yesterday. And wasn't you mad at the end? I was. I, I was I mad. Wasn't. I was I'm like, pissed. really? Was you was did pissed? all this for this? Pissed. Oh, I hate And I was like, like that. that motherfucking, like that nigga right. was, ooh, he was grimy. Y'all could have done that shit in the opening scene and I didn't have to sit through all this trauma for all these hours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't see it. Okay, but based on the I was gonna say, we ain't tell you. We ain't tell you. I don't want to watch it because I don't like movies that at the end I'm like, I sat here for this. Don't do it. I still think it was a good movie. No, it was good. I'll continue watching. It was still good. 
I don't understand. I don't understand how you two haven't watched Grey's Anatomy. Like, I mean, seventeen seasons. I'm a doctor. What are you talking about? Well, I don't really watch much TV except for sports. So there's that. Like, I watch sports in the news. Right now, I'm trying to watch more TV. But like, Jordan, be like, mommy. Can we please watch four episodes of Black Lightning? Because it has been three months and you have not revisited this and I'm trying to catch up on my show. And I'm like, okay, come on. So I'm watching like Your Honor right now, but I can only really keep up with one show at a time. Cause um, I've also been watching Zo- uh, Zoe's Amazing Playlist. Don't judge me. Oh, extraordinary Playlist. Extraordinary Never Playlist, excuse me. Never heard of but it. But I, I haven't seen I haven't seen the episode yet. I see the commercials and I'm like, oh, should I watch this? I, I like I don't know. it. Cause I watch a lot of TV mm-hmm. and you know, I didn't watch a lot of TV beforehand. Um, but in 2015, I, I, I ain't had no job. I ain't had no job. And um, I started watching this show called Mistress on Hulu. And then it just, it just ran from there. Like I just watched TV all the time. Like I'm addicted. I started watching the blacklist. Um, I had already Hulu got some good shows. Yeah, I had already um watched Grey's Anatomy, so I I had got caught up with that in 2012. Like I watched eight, seven seasons, so I could be ready for season eight back in 2012. Um, <laughs> and uh, what what was another show that I oh The Walking Dead? Um, I binge watched that. that, but I stopped watching it. Um, because like I don't know what's going. On. I think they was just trying to prolong it, but. Shows that I'm watching right now is This Is Us, All Rise. All Rise is about a black female judge. Okay. Mm. I need y'all to go watch and support that. Okay. What's it come Over on? Carl Michael, I say, it comes on CBS. That's the only downside because, you know, CBS has their own streaming app and it sucks, but no shade. But shade. Does it suck? It does. You, you have it? You have the CBS app? Well, yeah, but I also have cable and I also be forgetting to like watch things. So <laughs> like, I like, when oh, I I, tried so to... there's like four shows that I really want to watch. There's like all those like 911 type shows. But that's on, that's on Fox. So you that's you could still watch that. You could watch that but on CBS got a couple too. No, but what I'm saying is like I pay for cable. I pay for all the, the channels because I'm a sports mm-hmm. fan. So we got all the channels and the streaming apps, but then I'd be forgetting that I'd be wanting to watch the shows. Cause well, see, CBS didn't let me watch the whole season one of All Rise. I had to pay for it. So I was like, well, why do I have the app if I'm still gonna have to pay to watch the season? So that's why I don't like the app. Oh, I feel like lots of apps are like that because if you are buying the app to debundle from cable, like so, for me, I don't have to pay for the app because I pay the cable. No, I bought the app. The I bought the app so I could watch the show. Yeah, but you gotta buy the subscription. Like you gotta, they still gotta get their money every month that they would have gotten from your cable bill. Yeah, so, but I have cable, and in addition, oh, you have cable too. You have yes, both. I bought C- I bought the CBS or paid the subscription oh. for CBS, and it did not allow me to watch the whole season. I thought you were saying you had it instead, like you know how people are like getting all the apps so they don't have to pay no. for cable anymore. No, I you have cable. Call the, call the cable company. That I is have very cable. ghetto. Yeah. Yes, it was very ghetto. So I bought season one, and now I record to watch each episode for season two. So it's on my DVR. But All Rise is a really good show, though. I really do like try. it. You should try it. I'm going to try to remember. But 
once again, you all, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. A reminder to thank everyone you. who's nice watching and listening, okay? You need to stay six feet apart. You need to wear your mask. And you need to wash your hands, okay? Until next time, thanks for kicking it with you, y'all. Bye. Bye.